Jill, and this is the Skein Enable Podcast, enabling your crafting addictions one episode at a time. This is episode 93, and it's uh, August 24th, uh, 2019. Uh, it's a Saturday afternoon recording here from Santa Monica, and it is a hot day today, or it's wonderful outside, but hot in the apartment. So I have the windows open, and hopefully that doesn't cause too many distractions. As you hear all the cars drive by right now. Um, I've been out for a few weeks. It's uh, been almost a month since I recorded last. I had um, my high school reunion two weeks ago. It's the 20th anniversary. So uh, um, Lucas and I went up to where my parents live, which is near um, Portland, Oregon, just on the Washington side of the river. And we hung out with my family for the weekend and yeah went to my high school reunion which was like a couple night event but yeah it was actually a lot of fun you know of course I like stressing out beforehand but it was actually really fun and I had a good time I forgot to take pictures though I don't really know what happened like I meant to and it just didn't happen so high school reunion two weeks ago and then last weekend we went camping um, with some of Lucas's like family and family friends And so that was a couple nights we were camping in the Sequoia National Park, even though I get a little confused because Kings Canyon's right next to it, and we kind of drove through both. So, um, but I think the campsite was in Sequoia. You know, it was, like, with a tent and everything, but it was, like, car camping, so we had, like, a crazy amount of stuff with us, including, like, full-size bed pillows (laughs) and, like, multiple mats and stuff. That was a lot of fun. I did get, like, mosquito a bunch of mosquito bites, though, even though I tried to be careful. I had to make dinner one of the nights, which was like stressing me out a bit, but I made chili, turkey chili beforehand, and that turned out really well, and people were happy with it, so it's kind of a load off, though. It's like the idea, like, I almost never even entertain at home, let alone, like, have to camp, have to bring something out to cook outdoors for everybody, so I'm glad that is over. Not over, but I'm glad that was success. I think Lucas is ready to go camping again soon, but I'm not sure that I'm ready to right away. I need some breaks. But I'm very excited that this weekend is a little bit of a down weekend for me um, in terms of downtime. Um, I did just go to the Spinning Guild meeting this morning, though, because they're having a, there's a workshop all weekend with Galena. Um, can't pronounce her last name, but... Um, Russian name, you know, she does like all those Orenburg lace shawls. And so like the class yesterday was like support spindling for like a gossamer shawl. Anyway, so I did not, (laughs) I did not take the workshop. I forgot, kind of forgot to sign up, but also I just got other things going on. So anyway, that's my, what I've been doing. That's why I haven't been able to podcast the last couple weeks but um, I'm excited to fill you in on everything I've been doing. It felt like a lot, but we'll see if it actually is a lot once I actually start talking about it. All right, so on to knitting. What have I finished? I made Panda, which is the knit toy by Susan B. Anderson. So it's a panda, a little stuffed panda, and she, he, is wearing a red... No, well, mine is wearing a red cardigan, but the pattern... Obviously, you can do it your own colors. It's a little hooded cardigan with buttons on the front and a little, like, kind of peaked hood with a tiny little tassel on the top. 
So I made my the body of panda out of nitpicks, capretta. I think it's the capretta bear, but it's just kind of leftovers. So that's the fingering weight yarn. It's got like a tiny bit of cashmere in it or something. So that was the body in natural color. And then I used some leftover Malabrigo sock and eggplant, which is like the deep purple for um, the panda's arms and legs and little accents on um, the face and ears. For the little cardigan hoodie, you're supposed to use, you can use a fingering weight doubled or you can use a worsted weight yarn. Um, I used a DK weight yarn, the Elsbeth Levold Silky Wool. I had one skein in a red color, which I, I can't, I'm not sure where the tag is now though. So I did a swatch of that doubled and then I did a swatch of it singled and it was just either too thick or too thin. And, but I really love the color and somehow I felt like this panda had to have a red sweater to, for, I don't know, China representation or something. Like a lucky color. So I added, um, a strand of lace weight yarn. I had some leftover misty alpaca lace in almost matching tone of red. And so I just held those together, the silky wool and, which is a DK and the lace together. And it turned out pretty well. Um, it definitely has like kind of a heathered look that, you know, the silky wool is tweedish. And yeah, my knitting somehow doesn't look that even on this cardigan, but I think it's pretty cute. I followed the pattern like to the letter and then when I like grafted the top of the hood, I just like had too much length in between the two ears. So like my row gauge, I guess, was higher, was bigger than the one in the pattern or I did my ears closer together than than directed. So I just ripped back um, a few rows and then grafted again and then it fit. There was like a little bit like extra fabric in the back of the hood, but I kind of like it looking a little like poochy because otherwise the panda has kind of a straight up neck. I think I mentioned last time I did add some um, rice into the body of the panda. I need to find a new system, but I ended up, we have like these cotton wipes at work, Webrol wipes. So I just kind of wrapped some rice up in that and threw it into the middle of the thing. So it's kind of contained so it doesn't slip around, but... It's, in theory, not going anywhere. Um, but if you squeeze it, you can, you're can. you like, what's this hard pellet in the middle? You know, and you can feel that it's rice. It has that feel about it. So it doesn't, you know, it's like soft. And then, oh, there's a chunk of rice in the middle of it. But I think um, the panda's super cute. I don't really know what to do with it now. I mean, I can just set it somewhere in my apartment and have it look cute. But I've been doing that a lot. So we'll see. I did um, do the embroidery of the eyes in the pattern. Um, instead of using safety eyes, but her pattern, Susan B. Anderson's pattern is just so well written that it's like, she tells you exactly what spots you're going to put the little eyes and nose at. Like you mark them at a certain point. They turned out really cute. Like I didn't have to do too much guesswork, like on those mother bears or something like where it's like, I can't figure out how to do a face every time. So that's Panda by Susan B. Anderson. And, uh, she turned out really cute. Um, last time I was spinning, um, a bat, a Mork made fiber bat. It's just a little 2.8 ounce bat. I ended up finishing that. I did, I made a two ply. Nicole makes these layered bats, you know, with all these different like shimmery, like Angelina and silk and wool and just all kinds of fun stuff. One is basically like a natural color merino, but then it has like orange, yellow, pinks, um, some black and pink 
so silk and different so- sparkle. And there's even some like natural apaca in it, I think. I love that yarn. I mean, it's a tiny, tiny, a 2.8 ounce, like little, little skein of yarn, but it's so pretty. And it ended up being like a fingering weight yarn, um, two ply. I haven't checked the yardage of it. And then last time I was recording, I said I had finished the Pangera top by Christina Denai. And, but then I was like, who knows? Maybe I'll go back and fix the beginning of it. Well, while editing the podcast, I went back and tried to remove the I-cord cast on. I made some miscalculations at some point, though, because I was thinking I could just cut it and unravel it. That didn't work because the cast on, the I-cord cast on kind of twists the yarn. I don't know. I'm not sure why it didn't work. You can only unravel it in the direction that you had knit it. You can't just cut stuff off and then unravel the other way. So um, I was having to, you know, pick the yarn th- out the whole way, and it was just very tedious with, with the I-cord. But by the time I kind of, like, realized what I should have done, it was a little too late, so I ended up just, like, snipping the whole thing off, which means I had to lose all of the yarn in the cast-on, which, whatever, you know. It was Malabrigo and Mikita, so... Machita. So it's not, it wasn't that expensive, and I just figured my time is worth more than that. But I realized, like, if I had just cut the yarn, snipped the yarn at, like, one row higher, like a row past the I-cord bind cast on, then I could have just unpicked it like normal stockinette and then saved that whole, you know, and reused that beginning yarn. Which, because of the I-cord, is actually quite a bit of yarn. It's not just, like, one round of yarn. It's, like... I don't know, five rounds of yarn or something. But you know what? Live and learn. Um, but so I w- took the I-cord cast on and I cut it off and then I did an I-cord bind off on the way, on the way down, on the way, or whatever. Picked up the stitches and then did the bind off and it looks so much better. Like before I tried it on, like it wasn't rolling up, which I thought was my main concern, but it just looked real sloppy and having that just that tighter row just going to doing the bind off like that it looks so much better like i was really happy i did it um, i recently wore the little panjera sweater out and i got like two compliments when i went to the doctor <laughs> including someone who said that looks very authentic and i didn't know what that meant and then i started to feel like is this cultural appropriation but then she's like, just it looks like it doesn't mean not made from a factory, um, which is true. It, it wasn't. But again, I do always worry about cultural appropriation. And it's like if it's using like Persian motifs, is that what does that mean? I don't know. I can't worry. I'm not going to worry about it right now. I think it's OK. <laughs> <sighs> tell me if it isn't. Or do I want you to tell me if it isn't? Yeah, I guess so. Please do. All right, so current, and moving on to what I'm working on, my current fix. So, um, so months ago, I started working on the Papillon shawl, or butterfly shawl, um, by Marion Melchor. Um, I was using Unique Fingering, which is a long color repeat yarn, and I was also using a, like, cranberry color, or like a burgundy color of... Cherry Tree Hill Super Sock, which I like that yarn, but together, the two of them, 
just kind of didn't really vibe right. Um, the unique fingering is colorway 3007. It's a little bit hard to tell on Ravelry what's what, and especially they like um, they like change the yarn, but then it has the same name, so it's always hard to know. Like, is this when they after they changed it or before? So my color striping yarn, colorway three zero zero seven of the unique fingering, is starts like kind of a burnt orange and then goes to an aqua and then burnt orange again and then a purplish blue. And that's as far as I got before with the cranberry, and I was like, I don't know, just the cranberry just made everything look a little bit aut autumnal, which is fine, but I didn't really want that. Um, so I went back, I ripped the whole thing out, and I started over with the same long color, the same unique fingering, but this time I switched to a gray yarn, so it's I'm using Nitpix Palette in Mist, which is a light gray. And I just thought the neutral kind of set off the colors in the striping one a little bit better. So um, I've continued on. I mean, it still feels like I've gotten not very far on the shawl. And so since the blue-purple, it's gone into like a sagey green and then like more of an army green and then like a burnt sienna, more greens, and now into like a lavender color. So I'm seeing finally more of the colors of this yarn, and it's looking pretty cool. So this is my, I'm going to, well, I guess Fox Paws is kind of my complicated along project, but we'll say this is my current complicated along project, which means that knit along's going to go on, make along's going to go on until we feel like stopping. Oh, and so while we're talking about the complicated along, um, this is an ongoing make along, craft along that's been going on in the group. Um, the idea is just to pick something that's either just kind of involved or involves a lot of reading of steps and, you know, just to kind of encourage us all to keep working on our complicated projects. Um, I generally love a complicated project. I've just kind of fallen down a little bit recently. But so there's plenty of time. I don't have any deadline yet. Um, and I'm going to draw prizes and stuff from the just the general thread. It's going to be both a chatter thread and a finish item thread. Um, but since I'm talking about it, I decided to just kind of draw for a prize right now. Um, so using random generator in the thread, I got number 29, which is Herbal Sheila, um, who posted about her complicated along, which really takes the cake anyway. It's like a hand-spun, hand-dyed tunic that, you know, she like going from the fleece and processing the fleece, and then she's going to dye all of it. It's crazy. It's like a historical reenactment outfit so sheila get a get a hold of me the prize is just like a ravelry pattern um up to ten dollars let me know what pattern you're interested in and i'll just get it over to you all right so thanks for playing along sheila and i'll have more prizes later but it's been a while since i've been talking about this and i haven't drawn anything so okay back to my back to um my current picks so that's the butterfly slash papillon shawl by Marion Melcher and that's been going around along a bit I kind of put it on hold again I mean the last like couple weeks at least I've been kind of moving on to a couple other projects but it's still it's still on the needles it's present Fox Paws is still around too but that's even more a little bit on break so what I've been spending a lot of time on is a new shawl I'm do working on Good Vibes by Nadia Curtin-Lechen 
which is a large crescent-shaped shawl, uh, mostly garter stitch, and it's two colors. So in the beginning, it's just garter stitch, and you're increasing in a crescent, and then um, you start to stripe in another color, and then you have short rows, so it's striped, you know, asymmetrically, but it's striping your main color, and then little, like, kind of feather and fan, old shale-type pattern of a contrast color. Um, but because the short rows, it's like, they're like almost wet. They're like wedges, I guess, of that feather and fan that comes in, in the contrast color. And then they slowly make their way across the whole shawl. So I'm using two yarns that make me really happy. This is, I bought, um, I bought these at Stitches SoCal in November last year. So it was on my birthday. So I was like, I'm treating myself to this, these colorways that I've been wanting for a long time. So one is um, Hedgehog Skinny Singles in the Fool's Gold colorway, which I think is maybe like my favorite colorway ever. Like I'd pick it up and I'd be like, no, what do I do with it? So it's just this yellow. Um, Some parts are more just like straight sunny yellow and some are more gold, but then of pinks and dark blues and light, lighter spots. So in the beginning, it's just garter stitch and that's my main color. And then every so often there's like eyelet rows that do for the increases. So in the beginning, I was starting it in my, you know, you do that like usual garter tab cast on. And it was kind of giving me that point, you know, the point where like you finish a crescent shawl and it's like a little triangle, like with that obvious point in the middle. And I don't mind that. It's not really a problem for me. Mary Annarella, she recently posted a free pattern so she had previously given it out to newsletter subscribers for free, um, but then she actually just posted on Ravelry as an actual project. So um, the pattern is called Tale of Two Shawls, and she has a way of doing that garter stitch cast on, that garter tab cast on, that doesn't leave that little hump. She Her pattern is written for stockinette shawls, but, you know, it's getting the same thing. And her pattern also shows you how... You know how there's usually like a yarn over next to the garter stitch? And when you do a lot of those cast-ons, you don't have a yarn over right at the very center. So it's not like an unbroken line at the top of the shawl. Um, So her pattern kind of remedies that. So I used um, some of the tips. I had to modify them a little bit just because I was moving into a garter stitch shawl and not a stockinette shawl. But I did use her modifications And I like that it's like a lot straighter of a beginning because in this shawl, especially, they all look pretty good. I mean, the finished shawls look amazing, but the start of the shawl is actually not dead center of the shawl because of the short rows. So it's a little bit off to the side and I didn't really want that little point there. And so just doing this little modification um, helped it out a lot. So I think it's pretty straight now. I mean, we'll see. And I think it'll block out nice. So that's um, Mary Annarella's Tale of Two Shawls, which is that little modification. And then, so that's the Fool's Gold that I'm using as my main color. And then I use like more than half of that skein. I use more than half of that skein. And now I started striping in my contrast color, which is also Hedgehog Skinny Singles and Gossip, which is like a fluorescent pink that also has... um, well, different pink tones, but then also some lighter, like pale, pale lavender type sections and some 
some other speckles in it. I was a little bit nervous. I mean, I love the two yarns next to each other, but I was a little worried because both of them have similar, like, light-colored sections or little speckles, so I was worried that it wouldn't show up. Actually, the Gossip is a lot more variegated than the yellow is. The yellow is a little bit more solid. I mean, yes, it has speckles, but... I started striping in that Gossip as my Feather and Fan section, and yeah, it's a little bit variegated, but I still think it looks pretty cool, and it's going to be, like, a super bright shawl. And it just is a happy, happy yarns, you know? We need more of that, just like bright-ass um, yarns. So that is Good Vibes by Nadia Cretin-Lachene. I also started another project, another a sweater this time. So this is the As If Tea by Shay Johnson. And I was actually jonesing for this one last time around. And actually, Melinda, um, Yarn to Woman gifted me the pattern so super sweet of her so then i had to get started on right away right so it took me a lot of swatching to find a pat find like a combination that worked so as if tea it's a crop tea i mean it doesn't have to be but mine's cropped and um it has mohair on the top but it kind of has a little illusion so there's two triangles at the very top for like a, a bust so it kind of looks like you're wearing a solid tank top over a mesh one and the thick yarn or the body of the yarn is like an Aran weight yarn and then use the mohair lace and I didn't have the right amount of any yarn to do that to do the solid part even though you only need I only need like 400 yards or something maybe more I'm actually doing the smallest size of it because I didn't really want that much positive ease but even with the smallest size I'm getting a little bit of positive ease so, I mean, she has um, updated the pattern to be um, size-inclusive, which I think is great. Obviously, it's great, but it's still a little bit... doesn't have that many smaller sizes. Um, I think of myself as usually, like, a medium, and I'm doing, like, the smallest size for me. But you could always use thinner yarn, especially since it's, like, Aran weight yarn. A lot of people did fingering weight held double, so I'm doing that. I did a lot of swatching of different colors. What I landed on is I'm holding Dragonfly Fibers Pixie, which is, uh, I had a couple skeins left of Black Pearl, which is like a black and white gray variegated singles. I also used this yarn for my um, Shushui, Shushui Shrug by Susano Summers, but that was brioche, so held with another color, so you, it gets kind of muddied. So this one is held double, so it is a thicker fabric. Starts with 2x2 two two ribbing, and then it's just in stockinette, so now this is my carry-around-everywhere project. I took this one camping with us, and I went. I got, like, you know, somewhat far on it. Not not that far, but I got, like, four inches in, and then just realized the pooling was too much. Um, I it was holding two yarns together, but I kind of started them, like, at the same... Not at the exact same point, but, like, close enough that and the circumference is just wide enough that that it doesn't move, you know? So it was kind of stacking up and didn't like that. There'd be sections that were real dark and sections that were real light, and then it was, like, um, flashing, too. It was just a lot. So I ripped back to the ribbing, and then I'm still holding it double, but I just made sure to line it up where I liked it. So, like, the very darkest spots are up against a light spot while I'm knitting 
and then you know the mediums kind of line up together so there's still some pooling but it's a lot more manageable like it's not in big chunks anymore well now that i look at it here's a chunk of medium but you know it's kind of a funky color funky fabric and funky pattern too so i'm not gonna worry about too much i'm liking it a lot better ever since i ripped it back though and then at the top i'm going to add in the mohair I'm pretty sure that I'm going to use um, a Twist Yarns of Intrigue Mohair Silk, and it's the colorway I like is called Imperial Mist, and it's like a deep purple, but I think it has some blue in there too, but it's just got a really beautiful tone to it, kind of blackish purple, and so I think that's going to look pretty cool, pretty dramatic. I do have some other colors I can try. I mean, I have more of a black one. I have a gray... I have a few different ones I'm going to try with it, but I like that purple. It looks dramatic, kind of elegant, even <laughs> elegant for a cropped sweater. That's uh, the As If Tea by Shay Johnson, and I'm underway. Just the last thing that I'm working on is a little bit of spinning. I am started a braid from Under Dutch Skies. It's a skein of, or braid of BFL Silk 8020 80% blue face luster and 20% silk and it's a hundred gram braid you know usually it's like four ounces so this one's a little bit smaller but it's like a fluorescent yellow and the color is real fun so I just started spinning this on my new eel little electric wheel electric eel nano um, I'm blanking on like the company's name, like Flying Robots. So this was actually a gift. Dancing Robots? I don't know. Um, this was actually a gift from my parents. It was like a Christmas present. Um, they like wrapped up like the Kickstarter information. So they bought it for me for Christmas. And so I've been getting Kickstarter notices for the last eight months about like how's the progress coming. And then the wheel actually came a couple weeks ago while I was camping. So I wasn't able to play with it too much. Um, so it's like a smaller version of the eel, electric eel mini. So yeah, it's a small electric wheel, a very like economical one. And the one I have like comes with, they got me, comes with like six bobbins. And then it, you can either plug it into the wall or use a battery. And I have like just like a big battery charger that I bought a while ago. So I started using that. I'm still getting used to it. And also I started... I just kind of couldn't remember which way we spin singles and which way we spin apply generally. And we usually do, most people do a Z twist single and then an S ply, imply it S, which just means which direction that the wheel is turning and like the direction that the yarn is twisted in. Um, so it doesn't really matter. Some people like, for knitting, most people like it the way I just said, but for crochet or if you're doing twine knitting it's good to find the yarn that's been twisted the other direction because then it untwists less while you're working with it but just the way that I spin I kind of untwist my single a little bit as I'm as I'm spinning and you can't really do that if it's twisting the opposite direction like I'm my motion is going the wrong way so I was just having a little trouble getting it drafting it a bit and then you know, trying to figure out take up. So I have just like a little bit on the bobbin, which looks real cool because I got the purple wheel. It's like a little purple wheel, but then it has black, black supports and stuff with the fluorescent yellow on the purple wheel looks pretty cool. 
so I haven't gotten that far, but I'm thinking about I'm just going to trash what I have or figure something else out and then just spin the rest of it normal. By normal, I mean traditional Z twist singles and then S twist plying. Um, but we'll see. I could just spin the whole braid going the other direction, which really isn't too much of an ordeal for me, but I just have to kind of change up my style of spinning a little bit. I have to figure it out. And I'm just getting a little underspun too, just trying to learn the learn the machine. So that's been fun. I haven't had much time to play with it though, but I'm looking forward to getting around to it a little bit more. So that is my current fix and moving on to Jones in. Um I have a actually a number of sweaters here. Um one it's been a while since I've been jonesing for something in a magazine, but I did get the latest Interweave Knits, fall twenty nineteen. Um, I've heard that, you know, F&W Media, which is the um, parent company of Interweave now, I hear, went, they went bankrupt, but I did hear that somebody bought the Interweave family, and I feel like Linda Ligon, I'm not sure if that's how she pronounces her name, who's the original founder of Interweave, I think might be involved in the group that bought it. So that's exciting. So it will continue. But one item was a sweater in that episode of episode issue of interweave knits which is called the orchard cardigan by courtney spanhauer so it's knit um side to side in like two pieces it's a sport weight cardigan um worked back and forth from the center out so you have a provisional cast on and then you do two identical pieces for the two sides and then you use like three needle bind off to bind it off so it has kind of an interesting cocoon type shape um, I do have a little bit of broad shoulders, so I'm not entirely sure this would be that flattering. It's mostly stockinette, but then there are like two kind of like antler braids over the shoulders um, with a little bit of like bri- brioche or garter rib in the middle. Um, but it has cool angles, and I'm definitely interested to see what patterns have been made out of it. That's the Orchard Cardigan by Courtney Spainhauer. Um, some other sweaters that have come out. One is the Alpaca Chino by Maxim Sear, C-Y-R. That's a $10, 10 Canadian dollar Ravelry download or $7.79 currently in the U.S. It's a DK weight raglan pullover. It is knit flat, and it's knit flat because it has an intarsia alpaca motif on the front. And it ha- the alpaca has like kind of cool like leaves branches of leaves throughout the body and i also think the name's cute like alpaca like al pacino and um i was definitely inspired by um snurb yarn i was talking about um her before on a previous episode she was doing a test knit of it and it just looked so cool and it's just a really cool graphic design on the front so you know nowadays we're used to knitting things in the round so there'll be a lot to knit a flat but um it's pretty cute so that's Alpaca Chino by Maxim Kerr, Sir, C-Y-R. Another new one is The Eventide by In Young Kim. Um, in parentheses it says Miela Workshop, is all one word. That's in the latest Pom Pom Quarterly, so issue 30. It's the autumn 2019 issue. This is a fingering weight tee, um, so it's kind of drop shoulder, or meaning mostly it's like a box with armholes. Um, so it's plain on the top, but then at the bottom half of the top is a modular like shell pattern that's done with stripes. So um, you have to pick one motif off up off the next one, and it kind of reminds me of one like a Kate Davies p- 
pattern. But yeah, so it kind of has this cool scallop motif at the bottom, and then it's just plain stocking it on top. So that's Eventide by In Young Kim. Um, another top is the Lauren Tank by Born and Raised Knits. That's a $10 Ravelry download. Rachel, Born and Raised Knits, also does like a sliding scale, so there's different coupon codes you can use starting at $6.50 and going up to the full price of $10. I think that's a cool idea to have a sliding scale for purchasing patterns, like if you want to, you know, pay a designer for the amount of work they put into it. But honestly, the sliding scale kind of keeps me from buying it at all. I don't know why. Like, if I felt like I was getting a deal, then I'd be into it. But then if I purchased it at the lower price, then I'd feel like a jerk because really I could afford more. So ultimately, unless I know that I'm making that sweater, I probably won't buy it. But it is really cute. I think the sliding scale is a good idea. I'm just saying why my mind is weird and doesn't, (laughs) I don't know, it doesn't lead to impulse purchasing for me. But so that's the Lauren Tank. It is a fingering weight um, tank top. It has some bobbles running up the front and then it has a color work. Um, section at the bottom that are either like wagon wheels or like citrus slices kind of Um, maybe I think citrus slices just because one of the pattern uh, models is like yellow and orange but it's pretty cool and you can customize the straps in different ways there's one that has a thin crisscross straps which are also have more of like a racer type front and then you can also do like a wider straps that are more you know like straight straps across your shoulders instead of the crisscross So that's the Lauren Tank by Born and Raised Knits. And then the last one is a non-sweater one and a crochet one. It's the Amagurumi Woodstock. So it's like Woodstock from Snoopy, from the Peanuts, Snoopy and Woodstock. There is also a Snoopy one, but somehow the Woodstock one is just a little cuter. And it's a free pattern on Ravelry, and it's created by Amigurino's Softies. So, but you can just search it for Woodstock, and he's real cute. I'm curious to see some finished ones, you know? Like, I feel like the designer is able to make them look real good, but we'll see how a normal person like me would be able to do it on a crochet one. But, yeah, it's a free pattern. Try it out. It's real cute. And that's what I'm jonesing for. A few sweaters and just one toy. So, re-ups. I already mentioned the Electric Eel Nano Wheel I got. Um, They are now up for pre-orders, I think. So if you're looking to try spinning, I mean, it's a pretty reasonable entry point. I think the one that's deluxe version that my parents got on Kickstarter was about $100. Um, They might even have a smaller package, you know, that doesn't have... Or maybe that's the Kickstarter price. A smaller package that has, like, less bobbins or something. But it's worth trying if you're interested in, in spinning or wheel spinning or electric wheels. I bought myself a project bag off of Ravelry site. You know, they opened up the Mini Mart again. And so I got the one, it's like a navy blue, small sock size bag. And I'm carrying around my Good Vibes shawl in it. And it's pretty thick, dark blue. And then it has the image of a sheep, but the entire outline is made out with different the words of different breeds. They had a similar design like this years ago, and then they brought it back for this. And I just wanted to support Ravelry, so I bought that. I also bought the the Ravelry scent of Soak 
too. So um, even though I don't usually use soak to block my knits, I usually just use either like dish soap or on, honestly, I've been using this weird shampoo that I bought that I just didn't really like that much. So I didn't like for my own hair because I've got real oily hair. Um, but I've been using it to block my knits and I haven't had any problems yet. Anyway, and then I also bought some stuff from Knit Picks when they were having a sale. Um, some Knit Picks Capra DK in a couple colors and some of the Aloft, which is the, um, mohair one. I had a plans for that Caitlin Hunter sweater Paletta, but I don't really like the colors choices that I made. So I don't know. It's just going into the stash. Um, I also bought the Knit a, Mon- Knit a Monster Nursery book by Rebecca Danger since they were doing their book sale at the same time. And I love those Rebecca Danger monsters. And there's a lot of cute, like, baby patterns and decorative patterns in this, too. So we'll see. I've never bought any of the other Rebecca Danger books. So this is this will be my first... These will be my first monsters if I get around to making any of them. And I think that's re-ups. All right, so uppers and downers. I gotta be watching stuff, but I somehow haven't been writing anything down. The only movie I've seen in the theater, I think, since last time is Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I think I was seeing it that night. So is it kind of exciting to see it in the Cinerama Dome because it definitely came up on the screen. I liked the movie, but there's something kind of holding me back from, like, saying that I loved the movie. Um, If you aren't aware, this is the ninth film by Quentin Tarantino, and it's all set in, like, 1969 in Hollywood, and it follows Leonardo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Leonardo DiCaprio is like a kind of aging movie star who's just now doing kind of like TV westerns, guest spots, and Brad Pitt is his stunt man and also his kind of like driver and friend and kind of follows them through a few days in Hollywood. It also touches on, I mean, it has Sharon Tate and Marilyn Manson, it's funny, Marilyn Manson, (laughs) Charles Manson and the family in it. It's... An interesting film, and I love seeing old Hollywood. Obviously, I'm into old movies with my job, but um, so it's pretty cool. I just love seeing Los Angeles. I'm a Los Angeles fan also, living in the city, and I love seeing 1969 Los Angeles. Like, I kind of could have just ridden around with those guys the whole time. Um, There's definitely something that made me not really love it. Like, afterwards, I'm like, yeah. I mean, there's definitely spots they could have tightened it up, and I mean, I think it's valid you know what people say that like there aren't really any strong like female characters in it um a little misogynistic but it's also you know set in 1969 and there were fem- female characters in it that i liked but yeah they weren't necessarily given real roles but i enjoyed seeing it i'm i'm kind of curious to see it again actually i mean i thought it was intriguing enough but it's hard for me to be like i can't say i loved it i just said yeah i liked it that's the only movie we've seen in the theater. Um, a TV show we've been really into recently is the, um, the Boys, which is a new show on Amazon. It's only eight episodes, and we're like, we watched six, I think, so we haven't finished it yet, so maybe it could go real downhill, but so far we're really liking it. It's about, it's kind of like an alternate world. There's superheroes everywhere, but the superheroes are all kind of like a big corporation, or part of a big corporation. They all have like, you know, tie-ins, and, and they're just really terrible people, is ultimately what's a, what it's about. And um, there's, like, a group of people, like, this guy kind of gets pulled into this kind of 
group where they're trying to take down the superheroes. And it kind of gives me some feelings of like Watchmen and the most, there's not really very many stars in it. So kind of the biggest star in it is Carl Urban, who's in the Star Trek movies as um, Bones and, you know, is in like the remake of Judge Dredd, Dredd. So he's kind of the biggest star, but there's um, a lot of really good acting and there's a character like um, Homelander, who's kind of like a Superman type character but very USA patriotic, who's just like like a total psychopath, you know, I feel like. And like the actor just looks insane. And I can't tell if it's like perfect casting or if they've almost just taken it too far. But like the show's good. It's very violent. Like there's been some like, um, I can handle violent movies, violent shows, but like there's been times when I've just been like, ugh, like pretty gruesome. And also, like, right off the bat, I feel like there's male genitalia in the first episode, so just warning. But we've really been enjoying it, and I haven't heard anybody else talk about it, but we really like it. So that's The Boys. It's um, streaming on Amazon Prime. I've still just been marathoning Murder, She Wrote. I finished all of the seasons on Amazon, which is a five, I think. So now I get to take a break until the other ones ever eventually get on there. And I've been... Rewatching all of the seasons of RuPaul Drag Race, so I'm making my way. I'm on... Oh, because season one just became available, I think, last time. So I watched the first season, which I'd never seen, because it's never been streaming. And now I'm, like, finishing up season three, so I'll probably just make it all the way through. And then, honestly, I'm just embarrassed. I've been watching a lot of um, terrible reality shows on TV, including Bachelor in Paradise, which I say is terrible, but I love it. I'm so excited. There's like six hours of content every week. (laughs) Or not six hours, three hours of content every week. It's like two nights. Maybe it's four hours. Lisa, if you're listening, you asked me about it, but I forgot to get back to you. Yes, I'm watching it and loving it. Hi, Lisa. I'm also watching Are You the One and X on the Beach on MTV. Like, I'm just streaming them. Um, They're terrible. But kind of enjoyable it's like i'm getting it's like when i got into real housewives which i don't watch anymore but it's the same thing i've also been watching married at first sight which is where they you know match up a couple the experts match them up and then they meet for the very first time on their wedding day um that one's always entertaining oh i did watch something else reputable i guess i watched um on hbo the inventor out for blood in silicon valley this is a um, documentary made by alex gibney um, who's done a lot of documentaries, Oscar-nominated dominate documentaries. This one is about Elizabeth Holmes and the whole Theranos scandal. It's diff- It's the same you know story that's been going around. It's been made popular by the book Bad Blood by John Carreyrou, who's the journalist who kind of exposed this, and he did like a podcast. And I haven't read the book, which everyone says is great, and probably I still need to read the book after this documentary. Um, but the, um, I feel like you must, you probably know, I mean, Elizabeth Holmes, like she came up with this, she's kind of just like this pitch person, you know, like for CEO for this company where you can test, you know, do multiple blood tests just from a tiny micro vial of blood instead of the usual big blood draws. You know, she got million, billions of dollars, billions, I don't know, she got millions of dollars for this and the deal with CVS and it was just basically all, you know not true and falling apart and so this documentary it uses a lot of footage where she was 
being filmed for a documentary, I think, with Alex Gibney. And then at, it was from before all, all this came to light. And then after, whereas, you know, he's kind of edited it. And she's a little crazy. She's, and she just doesn't, like, blink, you know? So just real icy stare. And she's really trying to pull off the, like, Steve Jobs look with the black turtleneck. And it's interesting. I, you know, um, I think that probably you should just read the book. Probably I should just read the book. But it is interesting to kind of see her. And it almost seems to glorify her in the beginning. But you're also just kind of, like, seeing this person who's, like, set themselves up as this, like, not pioneer, but, like, she's like Thomas Edison and, you know, break the breakthrough of the century but it's, like, all built on a lie. It's interesting. Yeah, so I recommend it, especially if you're, like, already have, like, gone through the podcast and books and everything, and you're just, like, interested in seeing this. But it definitely, I don't think, tells the whole story, and I think I'd like to learn more. And, yeah, I think that might be... Yeah, I know I've been watching more stuff, man. Where does it all go? Where does the time go? <laughs> So yeah, but we had fun camping and going to the reunion. Um, I just like, you know, it was nice to have time with my family. Uh, my parents had bought a, my dad has a VR like Oculus Rift system. And so Lucas and my dad bought the um, Vader Immortal VR game, which is like a lightsaber game. And Lucas has been obsessed with Star Wars since he was a kid. And so he was like a dream come true. So basically the whole weekend. Like, anytime there was downtime, he was, like, running off to the den to play the VR game, you know, and he would just get, like, he was obsessed, but it was, like, the culmination of all of his whole life since, you know, 1976, or actually 1977. Oh, I forgot to mention, so Stitches SoCal is going to be in Los Angeles again, or Pasadena. Um, That'll be in November. It's like the middle of the month this time. It's uh, like the 11th or 12th or something. Um, We are going to have a meetup. I was talking with Twee of Twisted Stitches podcast, and we want to have people meet up again like last time. We're going to pick a new location. I think it's probably going to be El Cholo, which is a Mexican restaurant. It's just across the street from the convention center. So we're talking about meeting up there around lunchtime or like 12 or 1. But I will let you guys know more information when we have it. And, you know, because we're going to be hanging out at um, Stitches SoCal and want to see people. And think it would be a lot of fun to meet you guys or to see you guys from last year. So I'll keep you apprised of the latest, but we'll see you then at Stitches. With the current plan being to meet up on Saturday afternoon at El Cholo. Once again, keep keep working on those complicated along projects. Sheila, who herbal Sheila, contact me and let me know what Ravelry pattern you like, and I will get it sent right out to you. Um, yeah, keep working on those projects. Keep chatting around. Sorry, I haven't been too active on my complicated along projects, but I'm back. I'm back to it. I'm back to it with my. Uh, Papillon. You can find the show notes at skeinenable.com. You can find me on Ravelry as No Dice, and you can find me on Instagram as No Dice 11. You can join the Ravelry group, um, the Skein Enable podcast group. We'd love to have you chat with us. Have a great couple weeks, and I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Mm-hmm.